All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation NBA box score breakdown back at it again for another edition of your NBA out of bounds covering all the league news on the sidelines and otherwise as always it is your host David Bracey here joined by my esteemed industry colleagues Brent as well as Doug host of the around the association podcast that we host here on the Hootball Network guys as always it's a pleasure to have you back in the booth it's been a while since we both talked I'm going to pass the mic to Doug first, since I'm sure he's got a lot to say. Doug, first and foremost, congratulations on your Los Angeles Lakers and their championship. I'm sure you're still celebrating, hopefully shirtless, uh, truly in the J.R. Smith spirit. <laughs> but um, how you been living, my man? Yeah, things are good. Uh, it's been fast paced since the Lakers won the championship. Uh, obviously, for, for my, my Los Angeles Lakers, I'm very happy, uh, very proud. They uh, 
struggled down there in the bubble with the rest of the teams, but uh, they struggled, um, I guess, the best and took away the championship. So one thing's for certain is, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about an asterisk on this championship. David, you and I talked about that. Brent, you and I talked about that, too, on our podcast. You know, does this have a, an asterisk? And, you know, we, we actually had uh, the, you know, <laughs> the people come out and say, yeah, it's going to have an asterisk on this. Come on now. Like, some people are saying it should have a star because it was it was harder to win the championship down in the bubble. So either way you look at it, Lakers are still the champion. They tie for the all-time 17 championship trophies. So that little uh, sewn number on the back of their jersey collar is going to change for this next season. And so they'll have number 17 on there. But I'm very proud of the Lakers and uh, very happy. So uh, congrats to them. Yeah, I'd say no asterisks. That's a safe thing to say. Uh, it's a real championship. I'll give you that. And I did, um, if, if Doug remembers from one of our podcasts, uh, I think I did pick the Lakers at one point, but I flip-flopped to a few different teams over the time. So uh, it, my plan worked out. I get to say I picked the winner <laughs> and, and we'll just uh, we'll delete all those other tapes. Uh, there you go. But yeah, great to be back here with you guys. Super excited. Uh, to be on the podcast and and looking forward to uh, talking some hoops after our, our little hiatus. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been an eventful hiatus for us here, a pretty short one um, after the end of the NBA finals. We saw the Lakers hoist up that 17th championship. All credits deserved there. Um, but yeah, Doug, to your point, man, it was very curious to hear Pat Riley kind of throw a little uh, a little jab there. I mean, I guess expectedly at LeBron. I think there's clearly still some animosity there from his departure um, during his time with the Heatles. But yeah, it was it was curious to hear Pat Riley kind of say that there should be an asterisk on this championship, but then try to own it and say that it should be an asterisk for the Miami Heat and not for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a little bit of side speak there. So uh we kind of know what yeah, he tried to walk doing, it back and I don't think it really yeah, worked. I don't think it did either. You know, you can't really put something like that into the ether and then try to clean it up. Uh, Cause clearly we know that was an inflammatory statement, but again, you know, the heat, I'm sure there's a lot of different ways. They wish that that would have panned out. It panned out in favor of the Los Angeles Lakers. And here we are talking about them still, even though it's, you know, going on several weeks that, that, that series has been over and done with. So all credit in the world is deserved to that coaching staff and everybody on that roster. Um, but as, as Brett said, you know, during this little brief hiatus we've had since that game six in the NBA Finals, there has been a lot of chatter, a lot of movement, um, and, and I'm definitely loving it. Personally, I know the league is trying to compete with, uh, you know, the NFL as far as ratings go. We have the World Series going on right now, but there have been some highlights in regards to the NBA um, and some news kind of coming out of different different league offices around the association. Most notably uh, would definitely be, you know, the projected timeline that it looks like we're going to be working with here for the NBA as far as the NBA draft, free agency, and then the opening of the, the next season. Um, really quickly, it looks like the draft is going to be projected for November 18th. Uh, currently, free agency is projected to begin somewhere between the 20th and the 22nd of November, so just several days afterwards. Um, and then ideally, you would have your training camp beginning around the 1st of December and the season opener on the 22nd. Now, this is a pretty accelerated timeline for, for a number of reasons. Um, I think the most prominent one, obviously, is the the very short amount of time you have between draft day and the opening of free agency. Um, on top of that, I mean, of course, you have the accelerated timeline with the NBA opening up in December. This is to the benefit of the NBA, in my opinion, um, if they are looking to maintain or regain what was a normal schedule uh, in, in this upcoming season, the 2021-2022 season. Hopefully that would be able to put them back on track for a November, October, December start date. 
next year. However, they will be, you know, right on the back heels of the Olympics. And that's going to kind of muck up the situation as far as a lot of the international superstars that we have in the league and otherwise um, with the representation we can expect from NBA teams uh, on the roster for Team USA. But most pertinently, in my opinion, the draft and free agency, there's going to be a lot of shuffling between teams due to, you know, the the adjusted cap. Uh, we'll see where the luxury tax kind of lands there. But it's curious um, how teams are going to implement the quarantining, the social distancing, the coronavirus precautions, if you will, with not only working out these draft picks, but then bringing these guys into training camp with acquiring potentially new guys to your roster and then also incorporating them into a training camp on what is going to be, I mean, really weeks, days, you know, between the guy being a free agent and the guy being on your roster. So I'm going to start with Doug here, Doug, in, in your opinion, um, what, what was the, what was the biggest surprise to you um, from the NBA as far as what they put out with the draft date, this projected free agency timeline, um, and what is looking like a December, late December opener for next season? Well, I think that uh, one of the leading reasons for the league, you know, jumping to uh, the next season as fast as it sounds like they're going to is, is money, you know. And I think one of the biggest surprises for me was the $1.5 billion the league said that they lost during, um, you know, during this whole pandemic slash the China thing with Daryl Morey. And so I think that they're wanting to start it now as, as soon as they can because you've got – the summer is not a good time for the for the NBA, and you got all this TV revenue that you could be soaking up and getting some of that money back for the winter uh, in January, February, March. Um, so, you know, starting in December is a good idea. A lot of people talked for a while it would you know opening day would be Christmas Day, which is kind of a good Christmas gift for us NBA fans. But uh, I, I think the twenty second is is just around the corner, and that's okay. I mean, a lot of these teams, if you look at it, they've been off since March eleventh. So they've had a long, long offseason. Now, it doesn't bode well for, you know, the Lakers and Miami Heat and Celtics and Denver, things like that. But a lot of these guys have, you know, a lot of young players, especially Miami, and they, they can bounce right back. You know, um, LeBron needs that rest. So I, if the league does actually start on the 22nd of December, I do see LeBron having more rest days and kind of, quote unquote, load management, which he doesn't like to have. That's kind of a reserve for Kawhi Leonard. But LeBron, I think, will revert to having some some load management days because of that. So I don't actually I'm not actually that surprised that they're going to start on December 22nd. I think the rest of the league is really itching and, and geared up, ready to get back to it. Uh, I'm glad they're doing it this way as well to kind of cut down on the overlap of this upcoming season from, like you said, the 21, 22 season. I, I was really surprised, though, honestly, at them delaying the draft to November 18th. Uh, I don't think that that's, that's something that really needed to be delayed, especially with, you know, free agency, I guess, having to start after the draft. I was really surprised that they moved it that far back. I think November 1st would have been a better date uh, in that first week in November for the draft and then open up the free agency right after. However, it is what it is. Uh, it sounds like they've the league has made their decision on the dates. Now it's up to the, the union, the players union, to agree upon it and uh, see what they have to say. I don't know that the players union is going to delay any more than that, honestly, because they're losing money too. Uh, the longer they don't play, the less money that they, they're going to not have, you know? So I think that uh, the timeline is accelerated uh, for us NBA fans who've been watching the games and the season, but 
like I said, a lot of these teams have already had a long, long off season. Um, so it's just, you know, you got to find the happy medium and uh, see what we can do when it comes to the season. But I'm excited. I'm ready for it. Uh, you know, we kind of kind of scramble a little bit for the uh, NBA fantasy folks out there and also for, you know, the scheduling for the TV revenue and things like that. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm excited for it. I don't think we should delay it anymore. So, uh, you know, as an NBA fan, I'm ready. Um, our season just continues. So we got the off season and right into the regular season again. I'm okay with that, honestly. And I think the, the fans, uh, the listeners that we have as well are, are going to be okay with that. Yeah, totally, totally agree. I mean, get basketball back as soon as possible is, is my opinion. I mean, this off season's more accelerated than Drazen Petrovic on the Autobahn, but that's totally cool with me because, you know, I feel like even though it does feel like the season just ended, um, I don't know. There's just some, there's just some weird <laughs> gut feeling about what we just saw. Like I get, I get the instinct to want to put an asterisk by it just because it didn't feel normal. But I mean, the effort, the competition, there was nothing different about that for these teams. Everybody had equal amount of rest, equal amount of time in the bubble. Um, it was totally fair playing field. Uh, once we hit the playoffs and we were into those seven game series, it felt like a legit playoff. Um, but it, you know, it does feel like it just ended and we're already talking about, um, the start of the season coming up here, uh, with draft and, you know, it's going to be really crazy with these guys that get drafted. I mean, normally you have a summer league with undrafted players to get a chance to, to, uh, you know, show off and, and come on. And there's always some, you know, like a Kendrick Nunn or people like that who kind of just blow the doors off in summer league. The Warriors had a bunch of guys like that this year, Kai Bowman and, and uh, Mike Mulder and then dudes like that who, who showed up during summer league and, and won their way onto a team. And now, you know, teams are going to have very little time to, to look over players. They're going to have very little college tape to look over for the draft. It's, you know, it's really going to be interesting what happens with these young guys coming in. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not worried about the veterans and I, and I'm not worried about, you know, these, these teams like the Clippers or the Lakers or the Celtics, it's going to be these young teams who are relying on a lot of young guys or brand new guys that, you know, it's just going to make it that much harder to, to get the, to get going and get momentum. And I, I think the advantage really lies with the, with the teams with more veterans on it. I think the Warriors will have a good chance, uh, you know, with cut with Steph and clay, like totally rested and Draymond. Um, and the team they have with everybody healthy, um, they might have the biggest advantage of anybody because they have a playoff slash championship caliber roster, but they don't have the wear and tear from the the bubble that we just saw. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I, I totally agree with Doug. Like they're look for guys like Kawhi and LeBron. Um, and, and, you know, even AD to to get more rest than usual and more rest days than usual. That's going to have a big effect um, if you're worried about what's going to happen with your fantasy team. But it, it's just going to be, uh, you know, I, I anticipate a bunch of big swings and misses in the draft, uh, you know, or who knows? I mean, obviously, there's going to be a couple teams that get super lucky, but you really don't have that much to evaluate these guys on. So that's my big question is. Who you know? Are do someone going to take a Lamelo ball just because they know he's played against pro guys and and he's got a little more tape to go off of? 
than somebody who maybe deserves to go higher than him or will have a much better NBA career. Uh, I mean, this could be the year in the draft that we see a bunch of dudes outside the lottery who turn out to be the best players from the draft just because we don't have a, a we don't have a way to really evaluate these guys that much. Uh, so that's my, those are my big questions coming in, uh, with the accelerated off season. Uh, and yeah, um, I'm just excited to get, to get basketball back that quickly. And, and every time I see these dates, I just get more pumped and, you know, I'm ready to go bring it on. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, to your point, Brent, the, the Golden State Warriors are definitely playing, uh, with house money right now. Um, with with their what looks like you know them being on the cusp cusp of uh, you know potential really reemergence on the NBA scene in a big way. I mean, like you said, Steph and Clay have gotten all the rest that they could ask for. They didn't have to go through what was the the arduous task of entering the NBA bubble and then competing at a high level from a basketball perspective. And then I mean, they're also walking around here with what is a very big piece of leverage in the number two overall draft pick. You know, so yeah. very curious to see what they do. Uh, you know, as we kind of reach the the deadline of the NBA draft beginning and free agency opening with that pick, um, because it looks like because of, again, you know, the, the lack of revenue from the NBA uh, financially, it looks like a, a lot of the teams are going to be going for the signing, the sign and trades, you know, looking for those mid-level exceptions, those those workarounds from a financial perspective to really bring in that high caliber talent and improve their rosters and both of you, I mean, I echo both of your sentiments in regards to the superstars and what we can expect from a fantasy perspective. Load management is going to be a very real thing, everybody. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're preparing, you know, very early for your NBA draft or for your NBA fantasy draft, and rightfully so. You know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, clearly you know what you're doing when it comes to fantasy basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out to you for being a part of this. Uh, but expect a lot of rest for these guys. You know, the Embiid's, the 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 ADs, the LeBrons, the Kawhis. I mean, even the Hardens. You know, the, these these guys who have got a lot of minutes during the regular season and then really push it to the limit in the bubble. The Jokic's. When, when the season reopens, Westbrook. expect them. The Westbrooks, especially. I mean, especially guys who are nursing any kind of injuries or potential injuries coming off of you know the bubble. Uh, I mean, same thing with Zion. You know, the Pelicans have a lot of emphasis to try to make a playoff uh, berth here in this during this upcoming season but again you know this is a moving a lot faster than i think a lot of these teams really anticipated and it does favor a lot of those teams who are on the outside looking in from the bubble you know your atlanta hawks i think are going to be well positioned to try to make a push for a playoff berth uh given all the rest that they have and the fact that their rosters majorly comprised of a lot of young nba assets so it, it's really going to favor teams like that and prepare for that accordingly during your drafts um so as we kind of continue this conversation, guys, I'm going to throw a couple more questions at you. So looking around the league, looking around the landscape, how everything's going to shake out. Obviously, there's a lot of questions about what rosters are going to look like, what teams are going to do to try to make themselves playoff contenders as well as title contenders. Now, as I said, the NBA is going to be working with a little less money and financial incentive than they have in prior seasons. I believe last season they spent over a billion dollars in the free agent market this season. They're projecting around 300 or some $275 million to spend. So a huge drop off there um, in, in cash assets, as far as what's going to be moving around the league, as you kind of look around and see teams preparing to make a move or potentially making a move, give me one player. And this can either be a free agent or this could be a rostered player who's coming up on, you know, a contract extension, somebody who you think could be a potential trade chip, whomever. Give me one player and one team that 
that you are really keeping your eye on as we begin this sprint into this upcoming NBA season? And Brent, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, as you were saying it, I'm there's so many players to choose from. And then one name just popped in my head and that's KD. Like what's going to go on with, with Kevin Durant coming off that injury with the Brooklyn nets, um, you, with, uh, Kyrie says he's a hundred percent healthy is what I'm reading that, you know, what are they going to do with, with, uh, Dinwiddie, uh, Karis Levert was a monster, uh, in the bubble, and, and looks like a legit third superstar for them. So if KD is is anywhere near, if even if he's 70% of his old self, you know, whatever that means, uh, but then I think the, the Nets are going to be uh, positioned really well. They have a guys who've been playing together quite a while. I'm not exactly sure of their free agent situation. I, I think was Harris a free agent or restricted free agent. Um but they are uh, positioned very well. So I wonder what's going to happen with KD and is he healthy and, and what's he going to look like? All right. So there is so many storylines right now, uh, David. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of looking, thinking about it in my head and David, to answer your question there, there's two teams that I look at that I think are going to be, um, very interesting in the free agent uh, slash off season. And they're, they're somewhat tied together uh, in history. And that's the Toronto Raptors and the San Antonio Spurs for two different reasons. Uh, San Antonio Spurs. I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with DeMar DeRozan. I don't think that him in San Antonio is a good fit. I do believe that he is going to be on the move where to, I don't know or how that's going to happen. Uh, he may even sign a one and one just for this next year. Cause it's so uh, rocky and so unsure and their off season is so short, but then also the Toronto Raptors, I think are going to be uh, another team to look at because they've got some major contracts to look at here uh, with Lowry and Freddie Van Bleet uh, two you know, they're two league guards they're two star players. If you don't count Pascal Siakam, uh, they just, uh, it was announced that they lost the contract and the, uh, the player Marcus all he's going to be playing in Spain this next year. So there is uh, some contracts you know, opening up there, some room. But I think those two teams uh, right there we need to look at because I think they're going to be big players in the offseason. And then, you know, I hate to throw out another team, but, you know, the Houston Rockets, they – the Houston Rockets are going to have to make some moves. Right now they don't even have a coach. We're going to get into that here in a minute. But they they need a big – you know, as much as they want to do that small ball, they, they tried it and it didn't work out. But I really feel that – Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team down there worked for this last season for what they wanted to try. But going forward, I don't think that the two together are going to work for the way that that team needs to progress and needs to, to alter its identity. And I really, I really think that James Harden is going to be staying. Uh, and I, I look to see Russell Westbrook move on from that team and them to get a big in there um, and maybe a, a, a trade uh, to get them some help. But I really think that um, that DeMar DeRozan is going to be the biggest offseason player. We already kind of know Anthony Davis is going to stay with the Lakers. It's kind of foreseen some of the other the players um, that are in free agency. But I really think DeMar DeRozan is a name to watch. He may be on the move and uh, see where he goes. Uh, I don't really have anything in mind, Lakers. Um, but I do want to see, I do want to see <laughs> DeMar DeRozan get to a better team. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But 
Um, that's my thought there. And I do, I do want to talk about the Raptors before we move on any further, but uh, David, unless you got some uh, other direction, you want to take it. No, um, you know, really quickly in regard to what you said, you know, DeMar DeRozan and the Spurs, it's a, it's very curious to see what they do uh, with that roster. You know, we've heard murmurs about Greg Popovich potentially, um, you know, coaching the NBA or I'm sorry, the Olympic team. And then that kind of being his coup de grace, um, kind of as he fades away from the NBA scene. So it remains to be seen if we'll see Greg Popovich uh, in the next couple seasons here for the San Antonio Spurs, especially given everything with COVID. Um, his age in the league, um, he, he doesn't really have anything left to prove. So if that does become the case and the San Antonio Spurs kind of pivot out of championship contention, which it looks like they may not really have a choice in given, uh, you know, really how, how, how loaded the Western Conference continues to be. Um, it's curious to see what they do with, with pieces like DeMar DeRozan, with a lot of their young guards like Keldon Johnson, Derek White. Um, I think Patty Mills is probably going to be a forever Spurs, so I don't expect him to really go anywhere, but uh, a lot of a lot of questions, and I know Atlanta has been a team that's very curious uh, to try to get the talent of DeMar DeRozan, as well as potentially, as you mentioned, the Toronto Raptors. They're very interested in Fred VanVleet. You know, um, like you said, the Raptors, the Raptors have some questions uh, from a financial perspective about what they're going to do with their roster, what they're going to do with resigning guys, uh, where that value lies. They have a big hole to fill with Marcus All um, taking that contract overseas. Uh, as it looks like he'll be playing overseas in Europe next season, not the NBA. And then also, you know, from the perspective of there's a lot of conversation about if the Toronto Raptors are going to have a home in Canada during this next NBA season, and if they are going to have to be recited for a lot of their regular season games just to not have to deal with all the, the hoopla of having to go internationally, um, again, with all the restrictions kind of in place around coronavirus. So, yeah, Doug, I mean, I'm very what, – what else did you have to say about the Raptors? Because there's a lot of questions about them um, – and they have an incredible team. They have an incredible coach. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways that they could go uh, from a franchise perspective. So share some of the insights that you have. Well, uh, last week we all kind of got excited here in Kentucky whenever the news came out that uh, Canada is not allowing teams uh, into uh, the country without a quarantine, which is going to restrict the Toronto Raptors playing in Toronto. Uh, they were looking for um, possibly another place to play. Um, to have kind of their own little bubble. And, you know, someone brought up in an article on Yahoo Sports the opportunity of playing at the KFC Yum Center, which is the NBA Ready Arena here in Louisville, Kentucky. So, of course, a lot of us got excited, me especially, and I was tweeting left and right whenever that news came out. Um, with the league wanting to start the season on December 22nd, I can definitely see that that being a possibility. The, the, the Toronto Raptors are going to have to play somewhere else. That's that's evident. Uh, whether or not it's in Louisville, I cross my fingers, hope that that is the case. However, it, the news came out that one of the um, KFC Yum Center uh, NBA to Louisville representatives actually took the story to Yahoo Sports. And he's actually come out since that time. And it's kind of you know, blocked that idea that, no, I, I don't know what the first time I ever heard about it was whenever it started coming across Twitter. I never went to the NBA to, to you know, try to get them to play, have Toronto play here. That's something that I don't know where that came from. So it sounds like it's a rumor, but it sounds like it was a rumor intentionally placed out there so that the discussion would start and that the NBA and Toronto would have to start looking at that and of course, if that seed has already been planted, it just makes sense for that seed to grow and for Louisville to be on the top of everyone's mind when it comes to 
a definite possibility where they can play. You guys have heard me on this podcast and on around the association with Brent that, you know, NBA needs to be in Kentucky. I fight for it all the time on my Twitter and everything else. And this is a great opportunity for Louisville and the city and the state to show what we are about and to show the capabilities that we have with an already ready NBA arena, just waiting for someone to come in and play. Now, it would be great if uh, us Louisville and Kentucky, you know, people can go to the games and have fans in the stands. And that may be the case later on in to the year, but not to start in December 22nd, obviously. So I really do hope to get to a game if uh, they allow uh, people and fans into the arena. But that's some discussion that's out there. And they're going to have to play somewhere else unless the Toronto Raptors can get a full country like Canada to allow no quarantine for NBA teams coming in. I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, it, it could possibly happen. I did hear some rumblings and grumblings that some of the Toronto players were not looking forward to playing here in Louisville because of the whole, you know, controversy and the political realm that Louisville has had in the last you know few months. But I really think that they could use that as an opportunity to turn the the tide and turn the the, the you know the kind of mindset of this country of this uh, city and the state around uh, for the better. And again, they just have a platform for their voice. So I'm really looking forward to see how all that plays out. I'm on the, the tip of the spear when it comes to getting an NBA team here. Uh, I got kind of, you know, my finger on the pulse of the, the, the powers that be here with the board of governors and so on and so forth. So I'm keeping a close eye on it. I'll let you guys know here on hoopball.com. You know, as soon as I know, stay, uh, stay tuned to my Twitter account at KY pro basketball where I'll be tweeting that out as well. So uh, interesting to see how that happens, David. And, and like you said, they have to play somewhere. Why not play somewhere that's already built and already ready for a team to come in? So uh, looking forward to that. I thought when you said that uh, Kentucky people got excited about uh, Toronto not letting people travel, it's because they didn't like Canadians. So they were like, oh, they're not going to be able to come to the U.S. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 so I brought up KD. If we're talking about free agents – I was thinking we're just talking about players to uh, who are excited to watch coming into the season. But as far as far as free agents go, I agree on the Fred Van Vliet. I've heard that the Knicks are super interested in signing Freddie V. Um, but, you know, Toronto can obviously offer the Knicks him. are interested in signing anybody that will help get the ball down the court. <laughs> yeah, no, touche. Uh, you know, but obviously Toronto gives them the best chance to be competitive and can probably give them the, mo the most money. But that's going to be, you know, what direction they want to go. They want to have two guards. I don't see Lowry going anywhere. Um, I think the the big name I've seen kind of floating around that that's going to be like the hot guy is Jeremy Grant. After the playoffs that he had, you know, he did it. He <laughs> he uh, he definitely increased his value uh, during the playoffs. And I've heard yeah, the Miami sure. Heat. But the Miami Heat are are really interested in Grant, and that would be a great landing spot for him because I think they're losing Derek Jones Jr. Probably, I've heard they want to resign Drogic with it, which is smart. I mean, that Drogic Nun combo is a good point guard combo to have. Um, putting Jeremy Grant on that team um, would just make him even longer, more athletic. Uh, with him down there with Bam, uh, that's you know they were scary this year. Uh, they're going to be even scarier and they know they need to get bigger. Uh, they need a guy who can guard LeBron, uh, you know, so that they can have Bam and someone else double teaming AD. They they, they need to do something. And, and the Heat are positioned really well, as as usual, <laughs> under under Pat Riley. Uh, there was one other guy I want to keep an eye on, too, uh, for if you're looking at fantasy. And this is a guy that I've been a big fan of and I'm just waiting for him to get his opportunity. And that's uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. 
Uh, he's a re- he's a restricted free agent. Uh, the Kings have a lot of money invested in Buddy Heald, so I don't know if they're going to want to pay what Bogdan's going to get offered. He's going to get offered a lot of money uh, by some team, and I've heard the team that would probably be for him, maybe not the best fantasy landing spot for him, uh, but for him as a player is the Milwaukee Bucks are interested in, in possibly getting him. And that would be a huge ad for them. They really missed, obviously missed having uh, Brogdon on their team and that, that extra ball handler. I mean, George Hill is just not, you know, he's not the backup guard on a, on a championship team uh, anymore. Uh, but Brog, but Bogdanovich could be that guy. Uh, and I would love to see him go to a place where he's going to be the starter and, and get a ton of minutes. Uh, but for, but for the competitive nature of the NBA, him on Milwaukee, I think would, would really help boost them up. I mean, they're already right at the top that they have the best record in the league. I think that gives them, uh, that one extra ball handler and score and outside threat that they really were missing, in the playoffs, their their uh, weak bench really got exploited in the playoffs. So they need that other weapon, and and he could be that guy. So that's someone who I'm keeping an eye on. Yeah, and you know uh, Bogdanovich honestly would be a, a perfect fit for the Milwaukee Bucks offense. You know, you kind of look at what they've been able to do. With- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. DiVincenzo and... I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Bogdanovich is, is a more souped-up DiVincenzo and has a little bit higher ceiling there. So yep. definitely a lot of potential for that, um, and I, I, I would love to see that. Um, and, you know, in regards to uh, players rostered and, and free agents, you know, from a free agent perspective, um, or I guess, honestly, for both of these guys are kind of in the same situation, I'm very curious to see what happens with Danilo Gallinari as well mm-hmm. as Gordon Hayward. Um there was a lot of interest in Gallinari, you know, as we kind of approached the deadline during the season before the hiatus, uh, and he wasn't able to find a new home. Um, but he was pretty instrumental in how surprisingly well Oklahoma City did during the regular season. And this is a guy who, when he's healthy and able to play, uh, has consistent, consistently elevated the level of play um, on the team that he has been on. So very he's been surprisingly healthy the last two years, too. Absolutely. And we've really kind of seen, um, you know, been reminded of Danilo Gallinari and the value that he can bring as a stretch for. And there's plenty of teams in the league that would be interested in his services. This is a high level uh, free throw shooter as well as three point shooter. Uh, yeah. Very, very good scorer. Um, he's balanced offensively. He can rebound for you. And he's another big body that can get in the way on defense. So there's going to be a lot of teams vying for his services. And then Gordon Hayward, you know, I'm curious to see where the ball. I would love to be a fly on the wall of Danny Ainge right now and to hear Gordon the conversation is between taking him. his 32 mil. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as Nolan's going to go over there and slap him if he doesn't accept that player. <laughs> and it would be crazy for him to pass up that money again, given the kind of financial strike that we can anticipate the league undergoing over this next season. So I'm curious, however, though, if Boston does not anticipate him signing that contract and then still trade him. As I said, mm-hmm. you know, signing trades are going to be very, very popular, in my opinion, as we kind of enter this upcoming, um, you know, trade period, free agency period. And teams have really been chomping at the bit to get trades off. I mean, if you think about the fact we haven't really seen a trade since, what was it, February? 
I mean, that's there's been no transactional movement in the market since February. That that's crazy, you know. And teams, I'm sure, during the bubble and since have been under the table working out deals. You know, I'm not saying that I know anything. If I did, I'd probably work for you know all kinds of other networks and not just Hootball. So please, NBA News Desk, please do not call me and get me in trouble for aggregating here. But as I've heard from several other sources, you know, there's a lot of deals that have already. Pretty much just waiting for a guy to sign the dotted line. So it's going to be Chris real. Paul in New York, to see that. I mean, you know, CP is a name that I've heard already has deals done. Um, and that's a pretty big one. You know, FEV is another guy that I've heard has already kind of had some deals done. So, and again, these are all just whispers. There's no proof behind any of this. And there's no team staking claims to these to these players because obviously that would put them them in a whole bunch of red territory there from a league perspective and mm-hmm. subject them to a whole bunch of fines. So, we know the league likes to keep things clean, and uh, we know a lot of business often gets done on the dirty end. So that's just the way that it goes. Um, but yeah, really curious to see what the Celtics do with Gordon Hayward. You know, this is a team who clearly needs a big. Uh, I think Enos Kanter, Robert Williams, and the cavalcade of big men that they kind of threw out there, we clearly saw was not enough. Daniel Tice, as effective as he can be against small ball lineups, was completely I eviscerated. I said that Enos Kanter was Celtics' number one rebounder yet i think I've absolutely said that <laughs> and this and this is a guy again who was coming off the bench and really scrapping for minutes i mean you, you know and it's crazy that he was leading the team in rebounds and it just shows again a, a glaring need there so there's been some murmurs um and some elevated conversation about a potential reunion from gordon hayward as far as going back to his home state of indiana uh i'm i'm wondering what indiana plans to do with a new head coach and a uh, front court that is not what you would consider ideal for the modern NBA with Miles Turner and DeMontis Sabonis. Um, so again, you know, there's some sign and trade potential there. I wonder what they would be able to work out. And I'm sure both sides have some incentive financial and otherwise to kind of get that done. So I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on that. And those are kind of my two guys that I'm watching. But um, as we've all kind of mentioned here, there's been a lot of shuffling, uh, you know, in the front office from a head coach perspective during the short the short, short time that we've had here in the bubble. And since then, um, cavalcade of coaches have changed places, changed positions. And as we're kind of staring down the barrel of this NBA restart here, there is a lot of questions for a lot of rosters. Um, we touched on the Rockets, you know, again, they don't even, they don't have a head coach or GM. I mean, that that's a problem. You know, the, the Clippers, they got rid of Doc Rivers and then it looks like promoted his right-hand man. If Doc wasn't, good enough to get the job done one wonders why tie and one also wonders why the clippers have made it seem like they went through such an arduous coaching search when eh, everybody pretty much knew Ty Lue was going to be the next man up if doc rivers did find himself staring out the exit door so again questions you know just this week we've had stan van gundy named as the head coach of the pelicans questions there you know he didn't have the, didn't necessarily have the the most prestigious exit from the Detroit Pistons. Now again, he was not only their GM or I'm sorry, their president of basketball operations, but he was also their head coach. You know, those are a lot of hats to wear and some heavy hats to wear, and we have not often seen those pan out very well. Look what happened to Doc Rivers. Um, Stan Van Gundy, however, did an incredible job with a lot of the teams that he's had as far as maximizing space around big men. You know, you look at what he was able to do with Andre Drummond and kind of playing space there. You look at what he was able to do with Dwight Howard. Um, and then you look at Zion and you see a lot of potential there. You look at the roster and you wonder what they're going to be able to do with a lot of those young pieces that they have, as well as guys like Drew Holiday and J.J. Redick, who a year from now could walk out the door because their contracts are expiring. So do you make a move, you know, 
with some premeditated urgency that those guys might be on the way out and try to get some more solidified pieces on your roster to appease Zion and not be in a situation that David Griffin is all too familiar with as far as a superstar who is ready to go. Um, questions, you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets just brought on Amari Stoudemire as another member of their coaching staff. So as you look at their roster, you have Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and Jacques Vaughn, um, and a roster, again, with questions. Where will the health of Kevin Durant be? Where will the, the mental sharpness of Kyrie Irving be? And that is a, a consistent and constant question. What do we do with Karis LeVert, with Jared Allen, with Spencer Dinwiddie, who it looks like is going to leave it up to everybody on OnlyFans to decide where his next team will be? You know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of questions in the league right now. Um, so, again, I'm going to pass the mic over to you guys. And I'm going to start with Doug here. Doug, as we kind of look around all these different coaching situations and how there's been so much shuffling, where where are you where are you keeping the closest eye? Um, well, I think that the man, that's a tough, that's a tough one. I think that the biggest pressure right now is going to be on Stan Van Gundy down in the Pelicans um, because that's a that's a veteran coach that is used to, to dealing with veteran players. And other than one, maybe two players on that team, he's got a lot of young talent there. So I don't think he has the best um, the best record with producing young talent and producing them into you know what they could be in star capability. Now, you do have J.J. Reddick down there who's probably going to want to stay now that Stan Van Gundy's down there. They think very highly of each other. And I think that Stan can really lean on J.J. Reddick to, to help him kind of be that middleman to talk to the younger guys. But I think Stan Van Gundy's really a good, a good, good coach for that team. He's just going to have a little bit of a, a little bit of struggle with connecting with the young guys because he is a veteran coach. But, I mean, I'm still stuck on these Rockets. They are way behind the power curve when it comes to – fill in that position. Stan Van Gundy was a possibility for that position. Now it looks like his brother, Jeff Van Gundy is kind of the lead candidate for the Rockets job. Originally it was going to be John Lucas, but that, that kind of fell through. It looks like all the talk now is on Jeff Van Gundy taking that spot. Another uh, person that they're looking at is Steven Silas, which has no head coaching experience. So if you remember Jeff Van Gundy actually did coach the Houston Rockets, uh, I think in 15, 16, somewhere in there early on, uh, but he didn't get past the first round with the Rockets whenever he was with them before. So the, the Rockets really need to step up their game, figure out what they need to do. They need to get a GM. They need to get a head coach. They need to get the meeting of the minds together to determine what are they going to do and what's this team going to look like. It may be too short of time before the season starts for them to blow up the team and rebuild it. They may just have to massage it a little bit. But they're behind the power curve. So uh, And then also I'm looking at Tom Thibodeau in New York. Tom Thibodeau is someone who is very controversial with his coaching. He, he's not real big on young players, but he does like to play his veterans a lot, a lot of minutes. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. They have a high draft pick as well. So uh, I'm interested to see how New York uh, does in the draft and who they bring in. I, I kind of have an idea who I want them to bring, bring in because I'm a huge fan of this person. But uh, I don't know. They're looking for a point guard. Um, we'll see what happens. They got Frank Nilekina that uh, they were hoping to have the point guard of the future. He didn't really pan out or he's still building. So, uh, But I think the most pressure is going to be on Stan Van Gundy to, to turn that team and to work with Zion Williamson to get Zion to be basically the next star and the next face of the league, which I think he can be with the right mentorship. So that's what I'm looking at. But you're right. There are a lot, a lot of coaching changes in here. And some of them happened 
before the season was even over with. And, you know, I, I won't get into any more of that, but I don't think that that's right. I think that you need to have an off season before if you're hiring people during the NBA finals, that's, that's kind of shady in my opinion, but Hey, a team has to do what they got to do. And it looks like they that paid off because the season may start early and have a short off season. So, so it's really what Houston and Oklahoma city are the, the two that haven't filled right. the coaching vacancy yet. Um, I mean, if we're, you know, I think you covered really well the, the you know, the coaches that, that have taken the jobs and are kind of on the hot seat at um, Jeff Van Gundy at Houston. I don't know. I mean, Houston's going to be a tough situation for anyone to take over. I mean, you have two big personalities in Harden and, and Westbrook. You have a situation where they don't really have any any big men on the roster or any, you know, playable big men on the roster. So they're definitely going to have to make some trades, make some moves. They're they're going to have a new GM. So whoever they hire, they're going to have to be really patient with them. Um, I, I don't know. For some reason, I'm not excited about these. I get more excited about these players coming into coach because they seem to be having a lot of success. But I don't know if you if you can land that Eric Spolstra type of coach or something like that. I think that's what everyone's looking for. But you know, I don't know if these older guys are the answer. You know, the D'Antonis, the Van Gundys. Um, I'd like to see you know like Kenny Atkinson get another shot somewhere. Um, you know, or uh, I don't know about who's who's out there. Brett Brown. You know, he'd be Mark decent. Jackson. Mark, you know, I feel I really feel bad for Mark Jackson as a Warrior fan. You know, he's that he's like the fifth Beatle, right? Like he takes them right to the right to the mountaintop and then and then they then they go out and get Ringo. And that's when uh, they take over America is right. at You know, Steve Kerr is Ringo. So, you know, half our listeners were actually born after 1980. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a middle aged man. My YouTube channel is called The Middleman. If I'm going to get a cheap plug, because the uh, the middle aged middle manager in Middle America, the middleman. Um, so and so, I will age myself with references like that now and then. Yeah, so I don't know. I like um, Nate McMillan. You know, he's out there in that area, but and none of these guys like really excite me. I I, I think that I don't know about. I was anyone else bummed? Like, what did you guys think about Van Gundy? going to the Pelicans. Did anyone else like with me? Like, I think you could have done better with that team. I mean, it's a surprise because I said, he's a veteran coach who's used to dealing with veterans and he doesn't really connect well with the young guys. Like I said, so it was a surprise to me that Stan Van Gundy went there. Um, But at the same time, I mean, who else was really out there that, I mean, Jason Kidd, I think would have been a great, great person for that team. Um, but you know, he was with LA and it sounds like he may stay with LA unless he goes to the Rockets or OKC, which is a possibility, I guess. But, um, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I think, I don't know, something about D'Antoni on that team would have got me pretty excited, uh, with his get up and go offense with Jackson Hayes, an athletic big man like that, who can, who can move in an offense like that, but doesn't give up the size that, you know, like a PJ Tucker or somebody gave up. Uh, I just feel like Stan Van Gundy was the safe, the safe choice where they could have done something a little more exciting with that exciting team that they have. But then again, you know, maybe the safe choice is the smart choice. Bring in a guy who, you know, seems to, seems to have the respect 
Uh, you're right about JJ Redick and, and having, and maybe they'll probably want to bring in a couple other veterans. I mean, Drew holiday at this point is, is a veteran, uh, you know, to, to help the, help the coach keep the young guys going. Zion is way mature for his age. You know, he's a LeBron James type of superstar. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. He's well aware of his image and, and how to, and how to hold himself. And he doesn't seem like someone who's going to do stupid things. So, you know, I think they're in, in such a good spot there. You know, the safe choice is the smart choice. Um, I think the, the two coaches that I think I'm the most excited to see where they, where they end up, if anywhere is Dan Tony, just because he does have that, that offense that somewhere it's going to work. <laughs> it, it, they're so close. He's getting so close with these teams. He's getting everything he wants, you know, when he's with the Suns, with the Rockets, um, you know, they're right there. He, I think he just needs to tweak his philosophy a little bit, or he just needs the personnel to fit it. And that's why, that's why I thought he would be fun on the Pelicans. Cause I think they have the personnel to really make that type of offense go. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as, coaches go. I think, um, the other spot was the thunder. That's going to be an interesting spot. Cause are they going to get rid of Chris Paul? Are they going to keep Chris Paul and try to make another run at this? I think losing Gallinari is really going to hurt them a lot. So there's, they're set up to take a big step back and maybe have to decide, okay, look, we're going to get rid of Chris Paul. We lost Gallinari. Let's just, let's tank. Let's have a year where we're down and build around, uh, Gilgis Alexander, and maybe who knows, maybe that's a good team for a younger coach, a team that's rebuilding another, um, you know, a place for like maybe a Mark Jackson or, or something like that, who can a player coach who under who has a good young point guard and Alexander, who Jackson can work with and, and help make the superstar of that team. So I that's kind of where Chris my head is. At that if Chris Paul that? stays in OKC, I don't see Dan Tony going there. No. Yeah, no way. I don't, I agree. I don't think those two can, can work together. No, not after Houston. Paul stays. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that point. Uh, Truthfully, I think that the Oklahoma city thunder are perfectly positioned more so than a lot of other teams to kind of pivot into that tank mode. uh, If you will, you know, as you kind of look around the, the landscape of the league, it looks like a lot of teams right now are going for it, you know, full throttle, even the teams that we don't necessarily think should. Um, and with that being said, you know, again, this is a perfect position for them to kind of take a pivot, easily take a step back. You know, there's a lot of different directions that they could go again, as far as sign of trades with the asset of Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari. Um, you can shuffle that roster around a little bit. I'm sure a lot of teams would love the services of Steven Adams and you can kind of potentially rebuild around. Yeah. You know, your Shea Gilders, Alexander's around your Lugans Dorts, around your younger pieces um, and kind of kind of pivot into the horizon there. And we've seen OKC do an incredible job developing talent. Now, from a retention perspective, they have not been as incredible uh, as we've seen, you know, them lose Russ, Katie, James Harden, Serge Ibaka, and the list goes on. Um, But that list is enough. So I hope that OKC is able to right the wrongs of the past. And, you know, if they do make this pivot, they're able to maintain and retain that talent. Um, because as I said, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential for that roster. They have a lot of very valuable pieces, uh, and trade draft and assets. Otherwise. Absolutely. And I mean, they're going to have a high level draft pick. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, for the next yep. what is it, five, six seasons, yeah. God. I mean, so yeah, they, they are perfectly positioned, um, in my opinion. And, you know, with SVG that higher, I agree, you know, I think it was a safe bet. 
Um, but the New Orleans Pelicans and David Griffin can tell them this from personal experience. They need to play it safe. And if they didn't learn the first time, they should learn this time. And although we do have a new front office and a new head coach, it is the same owner. And that same owner remembers what happened with Anthony Davis. I do not think that they want that situation to present itself again in the form of Zion Williamson. Um, So I think, you know, SBG coming in, this is a guy who can kind of get control of the locker room. Not that it's out of control, but when you have a guy like Drew Holiday on the roster who won best teammate uh, in the NBA this past season, when you have a guy like J.J. Redick who you have that camaraderie with to, you know, kind of reinforce that messaging from a coaching perspective. And then you have a lot of young pieces, again, to kind of build around. You know, like I said, we, we saw how incredibly successful he was with building around Dwight Howard. Um, in Orlando, I think you could do the same type of similar things with Zion, you know, to instill that defensive mindset where I think Zion would really thrive and kind of unlock a different part of, you know, his talent, which would hopefully, you know, elongate the longevity of his career because all the concerns around Zion, obviously, are from a physical perspective, you know, I mean, the yep. dude is he's 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 built like a brick house, you know, so it, we have to wait and see what happens. We don't want it to huff and puff and blow down. Um, and I'm sure the New Orleans Pelicans do not want that either. So SDG, you know, hopefully he comes in to stabilize that roster. But again, like both of you said, that that is not a guy who is joining on to be a part of a rebuild, I don't think. I think that this is a move that you do to try to get a playoff berth, to try to force yourself into the conversation of playoff contention, Absolutely. of future title contention. Um, so Again, very curious what the what the Pelicans are going to do, because if that is the case, what do you do with your Drew Holidays, with your J.J. Reddicks, with your Derek Favors? What do you do with, with, with these pieces? Um, because, again, as I said, if you could potentially go out and get a Karis LeVert, get a Jared Allen, even get a Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, those pieces are going to align more with the timelines of your Lonzos, of your Zions, of your Josh Hart's, Brandon Ingram's, et cetera's. Um, and you really could position yourself very, very well for the next five, six seasons if you're able to successfully execute a trade like that. So, I mean, they already uh, have multiple all-star level players on that team. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Ingram's right there. Holiday's always right at an all-star level. Zion's obviously going to be an all-star. Uh, Lonzo Ball is now he's at the point where he's underrated, I believe. To have a to have a guy with that kind of height, that kind of court vision the unselfishness that he has surrounded by, you know, a bunch of all-star caliber players and they have, you know, their bench is, is really deep too. They're one of the few teams that I could, you know, outside of the warriors where I could name pretty much everyone on the bench because, <laughs> you know, they all have something that they offer and, and, and talented. So yeah, if they're able to bring in some other superstar, uh, even stick with the roster they have. I mean, I think that's the the frustrating thing about this team is I feel like the roster they have is easily a playoff team, if not a super competitive playoff team. Um, and I, I could see them being sort of like the Denver Nuggets, where they're deep and really good for a bunch of years in a row. And and, you know, can they but they just need that one chance to make that run. And hopefully there's not a Warriors or a Lakers or somebody blocking them like there have been for the Nuggets the last bunch of years. But they're in position to be that kind of team with that perennial playoff competitive team. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, again, credit to that front office for trying to make moves to position themselves for success. Uh, because I mean, of course, after Anthony Davis walked right out the door, I'm sure that front office and rightfully so could have pivoted into darkness and nobody really would have blamed them. 
you know, because a loss like that is one that is often hard to rebound from. And they found themselves with the number one overall draft pick. I mean, almost they immediately, instantaneously. Yeah, for absolutely. Lakers, for one, for the team Anthony Davis wanted to go to, had all those pieces they were willing to give up. A treasure <laughs> trove super of lucky. assets. Yeah, absolutely. then getting the number one pick. I mean, that that's just unbelievable luck from a basketball perspective. Absolutely. And, and really quick, you know, I, because I would be remiss if I didn't have at least one hot take on this podcast. For everyone out there who is say, who is still saying that the Los Angeles Lakers did not overspend on Anthony Davis because they have now won an NBA championship, look, I'm sorry. That is just simply not the case. Look, you you can win you can win the battle and lose the war. Okay, you you won an NBA championship, which is why you brought in Anthony Davis. But to say that you won that trade. Ah, I just, and Doug, I know you're just chomping at the bit right now to give me some rebuttal. So please, because I just, I just can't understand it. I, I can't no, understand I, it. Well, real quick with the step Ingram took, I think they, they would have, they would have been, they think they had a chance to win anyway. If they had, if they had set up the team, they should have, which, you know, and they had brought in a Howard or something along with keeping Ingram and ball and those guys, I think they would have had a chance to still win. Well, I think from the get go, whenever I heard about the trade, it was like, it was like one of those TV advertisement commercials, like, and, but wait, there's more, you know, <laughs> it was like this, this person's in the package. Now that person's in the package. Now this pick, now that pick, like, I, I, I think that the, the Lakers, they spent too much for Anthony Davis whenever he was going to come to LA anyway, the following off season. Um, now, if Kyle Kuzma would have had the leap that Brandon Ingram had, or if Kyle Kuzma would have been in the trade instead of Brandon Ingram, oh. I think that way it would have been okay. But the way that it worked out, I do think that there was a lot of players involved because here's the thing. We got lucky that Anthony Davis stayed as healthy as he did for the entire season. If he would have went down, we would have been screwed However, if we had those five players and one of them goes down, at least we have four more. Now, Anthony Davis is a great piece, and he's a franchise-changing player, but obviously he didn't change the franchise of the Pelicans. So was it too much to spend? I think keep one player and one draft pick out, and it would have been fair. With that extra player in there and then another draft pick, I think we did overspend a little bit. But, hey, we got the championship trophy to show for Mm -hmm. it which makes it look all that much better. But in, in in the moment, I think it was too much. I really do. I think David's right. Yeah. Cause then otherwise you're, you know, you don't win that championship. Then you're the Clippers <laughs> spending all that money. Oh, for, we'll never be the Clippers. Giving away all that stuff for someone. Uh, and not even get him off the... the podcast right now, David. <laughs> oh no. See, Brent, why'd you do that? Oh, man. Well, guys, seriously, like I said, you know, there's going to be a lot of shuffling, a lot of conversation, a lot of news uh, over the next couple of weeks. And I think from a basketball perspective, this is what we all, I mean, have been dreaming for. This is going to be a holiday serving of hoops that, I mean, it's going to be the gift that continues to give. And with the accelerated timeline, we're not going to have to wait very long until we see some more action on the court here. But we're going to be sure that we cover all the action everywhere else and otherwise. So before I let both of you guys go. Brent, uh, do you have anything coming up um, in the in the 
in the hoopball universe? Are you participating in any more podcasts? Can we expect another hot edition of Around the Association from you and your co-host, Doug? Talk to the people, tell them where they can find you on social media and give yourself a little shout out because I appreciate you coming on the episode today. No, thanks, David. Yeah, and always a pleasure, man. Anytime, anytime you'd like to have me on, I'm happy. I know I'm sure Doug feels the same way. And, you know, we're just happy, excited to be here with you doing this. And, and uh, yeah, Doug and I have been talking. We're, we're going to get the Around the Association weekend edition of NBA Today going uh, pretty soon. Um, I think we're getting a little bit closer to, to draft time, you know, have a few more topics uh, to talk about for that. Um, but we're definitely going to keep it going and, and, uh, there'll be more hoop ball stuff coming up too. I know there's some big things that hoop balls looking to do. So stay tuned for those. And, and I'll be right there with it. Hopefully, uh, as far as, uh, how to reach me, you know, you can reach me on, uh, the Twitters at, uh, at Brent middleman. Um, then you could find me. I have a YouTube channel. It's not sports related. <laughs> Uh, TV show and and movie breakdowns and updates and stuff. I've been doing like Raised by Wolves breakdown and theory videos, Lovecraft Country, The Boys. So if you like those types of shows and and you like breakdown videos and talking theories, come check out my channel, The Middleman on YouTube. Uh, and that's um, yeah, that's how you, that's how you get a hold of me. And and for me, David, you know, you and I have talked before. It's such a professional podcast that you run here, and I do appreciate you having us yep. on. Um, as always, uh, you can find me at, uh, KY pro basketball uh, on Twitter, and I will be keeping you guys updated on the Louisville Raptors coming to town possibly. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do have <laughs> projects that are, that are coming along with hoop ball. I, I've been in discussion with Dan and them, and, uh, I, am not going to release anything right now. But I will say that you will be hearing me more on Hoopball coming up very, very soon if a few of the pieces fall into place that I'm excited for. So uh, excited for that. But as always, anytime you want me on here, uh, I'm willing to come on, David. And we will be getting there around the association with Doug and Brent Weekend Edition coming out soon, too, uh, with the draft and a lot of changes coming up. And maybe whenever the, the league breaks their silence on when the official dates are going to happen for this next season. So. Uh, keep uh, keep informed and keep in touch hoopball nation out there we appreciate you guys listening make sure you get in on the website hoop-ball.com and you know the fantasy is going to start getting kicked off so you're going to have that premium content coming out and we're already working on it at hoopball we're going to have the tip of the spear when it comes to the the right um, fantasy picks in this shortened off season so we've already been putting time into that guys so Make sure you stay tuned with that and the premium content we always have for you. Absolutely. As always, you know, we have the world-class and top-of-the-line contributors here across the network in all facets and in all sports. So we're going to continue to give you all the need-to-know information. And as the league sounds the alarm, we will be sure to ring your individual bells and give you all the stuff that you need to know to position yourself well for those fantasy drafts for those group chats and for the water cooler conversation that you have with your coworkers. So be sure to tune into all of our incredible content across the network. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, DFB underscore three, uh, Brent, Doug, I appreciate you guys so much for hopping on Doug. Hopefully you get some finger licking good news here. Uh, as far That's as right. the Toronto Raptors <laughs> yeah. and the KFC Yum Center and Brent, man, definitely a big fan uh, Lovecraft Country, the boys, and otherwise. So you guys heard it here. Check that out. Incredible content and incredibly talented contributors that we have here as a part of the Hoopball Network. 
Uh, again, for everybody here, we appreciate you tuning in for another edition of your NBA box score breakdown out of bounds. As always, guys, everyone out there in the hoopball universe, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep hooping. We'll talk to y'all soon. Take care. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.